0: It's the amazing Rico Bronya podcast with your host Evan Roberts. Rico Bronya time—a rare moment of excitement from Met fans, or at least relief from Met fans. We do not have to live in a world any longer where the Philadelphia Phillies are competing for a world championship, and that is a damn good feeling because ding dong, the Phillies are dead, and now we have a Texas Rangers. Arizona Diamondbacks World Series, which most importantly puts us one step closer to the offseason and one step closer to the Mets figuring out who their manager is and what this roster is going to look like. We'll spend a lot of time on the bullpen today, looking back at the bullpen, looking ahead at what they need to add to this pen and how they can build a bullpen as good as some of the teams that went on postseason runs. And keep that in mind, the sentence I just said building a bullpen as good as some of the teams that have gone on postseason runs and i say that with a laugh because the bugaboo of the texas rangers in 2023 during the regular season was their bullpen the arizona diamondbacks who are representing the national league in the world series basically built their bullpen in august So the lesson from all of this is not that this entire podcast is going to be a giant waste of time because bullpens are impossible to build, but let it be a lesson, an instruction that bullpens are, they're like place kickers in the NFL. That's the way I've always looked at it, but we'll still spend a lot of time figuring out how the Mets can build the best bullpen possible, but it is funny that the Texas Rangers made it with a crappy bullpen, and the Arizona Diamondbacks made it With a makeshift bullpen. Before we get to that, though, a couple of things. Let's start with Council. The latest on Craig Council is obviously we know that the Mets have to wait out the contract, which expires on October 31st. So The Mets are less than a week away from Craig Council becoming available. And I stand by what I said a month ago, what I probably even said two or three months ago when talking about the potential hire of David Stearns. This feels inevitable. And I understand that some of my fellow Mets fans have some concerns about Craig Council. We talked about it on a recent Rico where we had one emailer compare him to Art Howe. (laughs) Look, you never know what a manager is going to be when they make that adjustment to New York. But when you think about all the available candidates, and most of them would be first-time guys or recycled guys, he does seem to be the safest. And I stand by the fact that this does feel inevitable. It feels as if the Mets are saying they're going to have a wide search, and they probably will do many interviews because they have to. But at the end of the day, if Craig Council wants this job, if he wants to come to New York, he's going to be the manager of the team. And I think when it's announced, if it is announced, if I'm right that Council will be the guy, I have this feeling, Pete, it's going to be met with a lot of shrugs, a lot of... Oh, okay, like I don't think you're going to get raw excitement from a lot of med fans, nor do I think you're going to get anger. I, I don't think it's going to cause that much anger. I don't think it's going to cause that much excitement. I think it's just going to be, oh, okay, All right, let's go.
1: Yeah, there's not going to be like, I'm not popping champagne over a Craig Council, no offense. You know, it, 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 you're right, it is what it is. I don't know if I'm going to get pissed because are there any other options out there that are better?
0: That's the question. Well, ask yourself that. I mean, is there anybody out there that you have identified as the guy that you want to have manage this team over Craig Council? Gabe Kaplan, but that's just because he looks really good. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you don't really even you don't even really think that. You know, as much as I tried to sell everybody on Gabe about a month ago, like he was an interesting option, but you don't actually have him above Council unless you're just tired of hearing about Craig Council. No, it's Kapler's the type of guy that something about him. He has this
1: aura about him that I think he's gonna eventually hit that stride. He's gonna be one of the better managers in the league. He's a little bit offsetting at times. I mean, he's not. Again, I don't know how much different a clubhouse is with him. I've heard that he's kind of hands off, where he kind of takes the Buck Showalter approach, and that's not really good. You need this. I think we. I think the Mets need someone who's more active and more kind of has their imprint in the clubhouse themselves. So I don't know if Capital would be different, but I do. Something something about him strikes a different chord that I feel like he's going to be successful in, in, in baseball.
0: I like Gabe. I think he's a good baseball man. I think his third job now after overachieving for one big year with the Giants, and I don't even say overachieving or underachieving with the Phillies. They were a 500 team, but when you think about the roster that he had, and what the results were before he got there, and even after with Joe Girardi before he was replaced by Rob Thompson. I'd say he did a halfway decent job in Philly. But the one concern I have from hearing more about Gabe Kapler is his handling of the media, that that was a problem in Philadelphia, and that's Philadelphia, which is a big city, and it's a tough media, but so is New York. So you never know. Maybe he will adjust from that experience in Philadelphia But a big part of being the manager of a New York baseball team is being like the White House spokesman. You know, you have to communicate what the front office is thinking and everything that's going on with your organization to media members, to a lot of them every single day. And by that, to then us. And sometimes your answers at the podium after a game can kind of send your tenure down a freaking bad place. It can kind of send it down a roller coaster. So. If Gabe ever gets the job, and I don't think he will, I think this is Craig Council's job, he would certainly have to be a lot better in handling the media. Now let's get to the bullpen. The New York Mets bullpen in 2023 was not good. It was not. And when you look at the conclusion of this season and say, all right, who do I give an A to? Who is the Mets' best reliever? Well, David Robertson was fantastic, but that was only half a season. I mean, David Robertson kind of brought the bullpen numbers into a better place than probably where they should have been, which is kind of funny to think about because the Met bullpen was ranked towards the bottom half of Major League Baseball this year. And I know that ERA is not perfect. It's not a perfect science in trying to dictate how a bullpen pitch. But overall, they didn't get a lot of good seasons. In fact, I'd say Brooks Raley probably had the best season of anybody in the med bullpen and Brooks missed time being on the injured list. He had his struggles. So it, there's nobody that you could point to and say, Hey, that guy had a consistently good full year. Adam Adovino, again, had his moments. I don't think he was bad, but he certainly had some kick your balls, kick yourself in the balls moments where he gave up big home runs and big hits. That felt like sent this season down a downward spiral. So when you look back at what the pen was last year, it wasn't good enough. And obviously, Edwin Diaz getting injured in the World Baseball Classic sent it into that bad place. And when we talk about where this season could have gone if Edwin Diaz was healthy, this would have been a much different bullpen because all of a sudden David Robertson is not being asked to get the biggest outs of the game. He's not Mr. High Leverage. Now, all of a sudden, he's high leverage, but he isn't the only guy that you trust. So yeah, we envision how different this could have been if Edwin Diaz was healthy, but he wasn't. So let's start with who should be back? Who are the options to bring back? Obviously, Edwin Diaz is under contract. Edwin Diaz is returning from that brutal injury. And I think we have to have the expectation. That upon Edwin Diaz's return, maybe he's not going to be the same guy he was in 2022, where he had his most dominant season as a Met. But I would venture to say, Pete, we will get closer to 22 than we get 19. That he will still be a dominant closer, even if he doesn't match the sheer magnitude of what he did in
1: 2022. I mean, dude, if he gets anything close to 2019... We're screwed already to start off the bullpen. But yeah, no, I, I I think that history has proven that Edwin Diaz was never as bad as Mets fans thought he was. And I think I mean listen, the basically it's gonna become of the injury issue. Like how does he rebound right after that? that? That but besides that, I think I'm pretty confident he's uh he's coming back, he should be back, he's gonna be the mainstay in the bullpen as not just a closer though, remember. He's not just a closer. He's a 7th, 8th inning guy. depends on
0: when they need him. You know what's funny? You look around Major League Baseball right now. That's the role of the closer. You could almost give them just a different term now. Maybe the fireman, as it used to be called back in the 80s. Just a guy who comes in, puts out fires, and gets the biggest outs of the game. But I now think we live in a world where, unless your name is Josh Hader, and more on him later in the podcast as a potential target, guys pitch all over the place. So what Buck was doing with Diaz in 2022 I think is just what we see now, and we've seen that throughout the postseason where you're just going to use your best reliever in the spot where you need him the most. You know, Edwin Diaz has been a Met now for four years. I'll take out 23 because he never pitched. He was great in the first half of 19 and then crumbled from basically late June on. He was really good in 2020. I know it was a shortened season, So you almost don't count it, but he did go out and pitch. And in the brief time he was out there, he was very good. And I thought in 2021, it was a mixed bag. Like at times he looked like a dominant closer, but then at times he looked like the mediocre self he was at the end of 19, but he was acceptable in 2021. Like if he put up those numbers over a full season, I think we'd be disappointed because the bar is set so high. But it certainly wouldn't be this unacceptable mess. But what he did in 2022, we should not forget, is he pitched to a one ERA. He had a FIP of 0.90. And FIP is f- fielding independent pitching, which means you're trying to base it on eliminating the defensive help he may have gotten. And that number's even lower, which shows you, because his whip was low. He was striking out 17 guys a game, which was absurd. He wasn't walking a lot of guys. He was unbelievable in 2022. And if you could get 80% of that in 2024, right off the top, the Met bullpen's a lot better. So Edwin Diaz is obviously a lock to come back because he's under contract and he's going to be on this team. The Mets have a player option on Brooks Raley. And considering he's a lefty and considering, like I said at the top of this pod, he was probably pound for pound their most consistent reliever throughout the season, even if he wasn't perfect. I think it's about six and a half million dollars. That's an option you pick up. I don't think there's any question. That's an easy, easy one. Then he's arbitration eligible for another season. And then he becomes a free agent in 2026. So you've got Brooks really signed for a pretty decent amount of time. He had some bad games like the series against Texas in late August. He had a couple of implosions. But outside of that. I thought he was mostly good. He had a bad game against Kansas City after all the trades were made. He is a reverse split guy, so he can get righties out. He can get lefties out. He's a crossover guy. You don't have to think of him as just finding that lane of getting left-handers out. So Brooks Rally, easy lock as bullpen arm number two. We're doing the easy part first because it's about to get complicated. <laughs> it's about to get messy. Adam Adovino, and look, it's up to Adam Adovino. Because Adam Adovino has a player option for next year at $7.25 million. That was what he was making in 23, and he has an option to exercise that. Now, he's going to be 38 years old next year. What I'm surprised about, I have to admit, because I'm about to compliment Adovino in a weird way, he was really good in 2022. He was awesome. One of the best years of his career, outside of that first year he had with the Yankees where he was dominant. I could have sworn that Adam Adovino was going to go the way of Aaron Loop. Aaron Loop had that great year a few years ago. The Mets decided not to pay him. They let him walk away to Anaheim. And he's never come even close to duplicating those numbers. While Adam Adovino was not nearly as good in 23 as he was in 22, as much as this may be painful to admit, he was not horrendous this past year. And I thought they would be a bigger drop-off. So even though his walks were up, and his strikeouts were up, and he gave up a few more home runs, and his ERA was up a run and a half. So basically every metric tells you he wasn't as good. He was still decent. He was still acceptable. And I think because of that, I kind of look at next year and say, well, is he actually going to be good again? I'm actually really skeptical of Adam Adovino putting together You know, a solid year for a third year in a row. He also had weird numbers this year. If you remember the year before, and I have to look at the exact figures to kind of prove it, he was always a big get him against right-handed hitters, don't have him face lefties kind of guy. That's the way Adam Adovino always was. In fact, in 2022, his most dominant season with the Mets, right-handers hit 161 with a 479 OPS, Lefties hit 301 with an 838 OPS. So, yeah, his splits were to the extreme. This past year, and this is a compliment to him, even though overall he didn't have as good of a year, lefties, who a year before at over 300 had a 217 batting average, still a pretty good OPS of 789 because they hit home runs against them. And righties were at 203, 582. So he was at least better at getting left handers out than he was a year earlier but overall 38 years old I just don't expect that Adam Adovino will even be as good as he was in 2023 with that said it's his option if he exercises the option he's on the Mets now they could then turn around and trade him but I think if he exercises the option Pete he's on this team I just can't rely on him as much as the Mets have over the last two years I do hope that he thinks that he
1: can get more on the open market because I'm not saying I'm upset because if you look at, okay, if you we're going to get into the free agents in a little bit. Are there better options than Adam amount of, you know, that is a huge question. I'm not sure how many there are. So if for that amount of money, you, you take him and you say, okay, this is someone who's going to be part of the bullpen. He's not a key piece, but he's part of it but I'd prefer him to opt out and go to the places.